Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are talking music and music around the globe at that with Bradley Bolin. Dr. Bolin serves as Senior Lecturer in Piano at the Baylor University School of Music. A Steinway artist since 2014, Dr. Bolin has enjoyed a diverse career as a soloist, collaborative artist, and guest lecturer, with appearances throughout the U.S., Mexico, Europe, and the Middle East. Dr. Bolin has also served on the faculty of American Voices, an organization whose mission is to provide cultural exchange through the performing arts and education in nations emerging from conflict and isolation. In this role, Dr. Bolin has served students around the world, some of whom have eventually come to Baylor for their studies. He has had a, a busy travel schedule over the years, doing a lot of great work, and we're excited to visit with you about that Thank and you. more. Dr. Bolin, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to, uh, to have you here, and I know we're going to be talking here over the next 20 minutes or so. You've traveled a lot of different places with uh, American Voices, and uh, the summer months... Uh, this year may be a little bit different, but what opportunities do the summer months provide you either to travel or to participate in unique projects or just to prepare for what's ahead? Well, this summer, uh, I got lucky. I actually get a vacation. Oh, good. <laughs> I had a couple of uh, engagements that were canceled in Europe. One was you know, COVID-related and, and uh, one here in the States also probably related to economic gas prices mm-hmm. for people. But, but uh, generally speaking, summers are a time to, to go do – workshops and and piano related things and in mm-hmm. Europe in here so well we're going to visit about uh, a lot of those around the globe but I'm curious to give you a brief rundown of, of your bio there in what ways are you involved in music here in uh, central Texas say central Texas but sort of expand it you know you're here at Baylor working with right. students but it goes beyond that right so I, I grew up actually in Texas and I always say my home is I-35 corridor mm-hmm. and I went to graduate school in Austin and so I have a lot of connections, of course, in, in the local area, and, and uh, there's lots of things going on in Texas. Texas is actually a very big piano state. You wouldn't think of Texas as being a piano state, but there's many, many fine opportunities in Texas with, with institutes at the various universities. Uh, you have the Van Cliburn competition, which just finished up the road, and so lots of wonderful things to get involved in. Uh, adjudication is something I do a lot where there's smaller competitions or each city has competitions and I'll go and, and, and judge for those and just finished the Texas Music Teachers had a competition up in Dallas which I just finished judging. That's great so you've been busy uh, doing a lot of that and you know you mentioned you're from here in Texas the I-35 corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been at Baylor and what brought you here? Uh, I was here since 2000 mm-hmm. Uh, my father was an academic. He was a math professor at the University of Texas at Arlington. So I kind of grew up uh, being surrounded with academia and watched him and his relationships with his students and his teaching assistants who would often go and, you know, river trips together and come over for dinner and that sort of thing. So the idea of working in academia had always been attractive to me. And so when I went to graduate student in Austin, uh, when I graduated uh, with my doctorate, it, it was a sort of mid-year off, off cycle, you might say, and the job, uh, the job searches were over for the year. And this was back during the tech boom in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend that was a stockbroker, and he was begging me, please come over and get, take your Series 7 exam and be part of that. And I thought, well, it's not, never been my goal, but I'll give it a shot. So I was actually out by the pool 
studying for my Series 7 exam when the phone rang and Baylor had a one-year position they needed someone to fill in for. Mm-hmm. And the minute that happened, I was like, that's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm hooked. So That's good. Well, it worked out. It worked out well then. Uh, so maybe a little more of your calling with music rather than, uh, right, rather exactly. than other areas <laughs> as we visit with Dr. Bradley Bolin of the Baylor School of Music. Uh, how long has music been a part of your life? And then transitioning from that, when did you realize it could be a cross-cultural tool? Uh, well, I started piano lessons what was at the time relatively late. I was eight years old. Nowadays, you'll you'll see young ones starting as three years old. You know, it's not uncommon. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those things that I just always loved. Uh, my father had had wired a stereo throughout the house that was always being uh, always being exposed to great music, great symphonies and whatnot. So I just grew up loving music. Uh, as far as a cultural tool... I, you know, did the things musicians typically do. We travel, we perform, and that sort of thing. But when American Voices called, I was at my desk. Uh, it was fall. It was this December of about 2009. And this voice answered and said, hey, we'd like you to come do some music workshops for us, these two-week workshops. And, of course, I'm immediately thinking, oh, boy, I've always wanted to go to Vienna and Austria and Paris and that sort of thing. And so where are you going? And he said, well, we're going to the Middle East and we're going to go to Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon. Wow. And there's probably a long silence <laughs> on the phone. But uh, I said, well, let me, let me think about that. And I went home, of course, and talked to my wife about it. Who, she, She's actually quite an adventurer in that she uh, is a conservation biologist that does a lot of work in Nigeria. And wow. she's lived in North Vietnam. And she would, her vacations would be from northern Nigeria to to go to Cameroon on her own as a single woman and find herself traveling rivers with, with petrol smugglers and whatever would have happened to get her from point A to point oh, wow. B. And so she was used to this sort of, uh, you know, difficult, these sort of difficult situations. So when I asked her about it, she simply said, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she knew it was going to be good for me and it was going to open doors and and it really was ended up being quite rewarding. That's great. So you mentioned 2009 was when American Voices called. Was there any sort of lead up? That sounds like it was a, a bit kind of a, a shift, very much a shift at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't the it was an organization that reminds me a little bit of Doctors Without Borders. So they will go into places emerging from conflict. In this case, they went to Iraq. This wasn't that long after the war. And uh, do these two-week workshops where we would give lessons and master classes to the young youngsters there probably ranging from 8 to 25 years old was probably mostly the range. And a lot of those people had had their educations frozen in place. So I might have a student that was 22 that had not finished education that passed the year of 15 years old. So they were all very hungry and very eager uh, to have us there helping with that sort of thing. And uh, I'll never forget my first day – I didn't really know what am I going to do. I'm in a room, nondescript room, you know, nothing in it but dirty carpet and some plastic bottles. And on one side of the room is this dilapidated piano that a young lady was gluing the hammers on because some of them had broken off to this ham- this piano. And I said, what am I going to do? Well, I'm just going to do what I would do at home and ask each of these youngsters to just tell me a little bit about themselves and what they want to do. And, and on this side of the room I had a Sunni over here's a Shia, you know, I had Arabs, I had Kurds. And uh, so I, they each, I said, I want you just to get up and play something. And so they play something and, and m- mention something about what they wanted to do. 
And about third or fourth student that played, a uh, young lady was playing some Bach, I think it was, and, and a mouse came running out from behind the piano. <laughs> and everyone, of course, screams, and everyone's standing on chairs and this sort of thing. And then it sort of goes back behind the piano where it was going, and she started playing again, and this mouse runs out again. And one of the young men walked over to the piano and started playing the second list Hungarian Rhapsody, the significance of that being that Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny did this, you know, if you remember <laughs> the skit, that was the piece they were playing, so that was the joke. That's and funny. I knew right then it was going to be going to be a great time, and we all bonded. And it was just That's fantastic. great. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, so you know, I, to, as we talk more about this, I want to ask you, American Voices, you told us a little bit about them, mm-hmm. a great comparison to Doctors Without Borders, mm-hmm. but you know, who is American Voices? Who started it? They're an the MGO mission? that was started by a UT graduate named uh, John Ferguson. And they've been, I think, over 120 countries, something like that. And they'll go in and just simply do a two-week workshop, and it will have music and dance and uh, various instruments. Orchestra we had in Iraq. We had at least one, maybe more orchestras that first year there in 2010. And the connections we make, I'd say a lot of them become permanent. Mm -hmm. We sort of bond during that period and... And uh, now it's so much easier with social media, of course, to keep in touch with people and see how they're doing. And a lot of those folks have moved. Some of them have come to Baylor. Um, And so I think that the bang for the buck that that organization has gotten has been just tremendous. You know, you said they, you know, you mentioned over 120 countries, 120 places, and they used to go into these situations Makes it sound so simple, but when you talk about the places that it's, you're going, it's not. What, what does it take? What does it take to, to, to set something like this up in some of the places you've been? It's, it's pretty astonishing to me because I think that when, we, when I did my first tour, there might have been 10 people that were faculty. But what will happen is they'll have some students that volunteer. And things that come up in a place like, say, we were first in Erbil, Iraq, you have an orchestra, right? And all of a sudden, everyone says, we need chairs for the cellist. When all of a sudden, you get all the chairs, and they're all desks. They don't, they, you can't sit, and there's a cellist. Well, mm-hmm. you can't just run down to Office Depot, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you can picture them all scrambling, trying to find how to even something as basic as have chairs for the cellist, and you multiply that times 100 crises a day, yeah. you know. Logistically, it's very, very difficult. But in the end, the result was always astonishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are visiting with Dr. Bradley Boland, Senior Lecturer in Piano in the Baylor School of Music today here on Baylor Connections. And Dr. Boland, uh, where are some of the places that it has taken you personally? Well, I first summer was two weeks in Iraq and then two weeks in Syria and two weeks in Lebanon. And since then also... Re- turned to many of those places, Iraq a couple of times, and Lebanon many times, Jordan, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, you're talking about places where there's a, where where, where there's a a great need. So if you would now here, as we kind of move into the next part of this program, take us inside um, as best we can in a setting like this. Mm -hmm. Help us to get immersed in what these, uh, these are like. What are are the moments for you uh, serving with American Voices that are most powerful? Well, all the ways, the people. You know, like I say, the connections that we make stay permanent and, and uh, things that lead to other countries. Like these, a lot of these people, of course, especially ones that have been in 
conflict countries like Syria have dispersed all over the world. And, you know, Canada, I have a very close friend that was a student in Syria that's, that's now in Poland. So I've done a lot of work in Poland now as a result mm-hmm. of connections from him. Uh, you mentioned you had interviewed Amjad Dabi some time mm-hmm. ago, and he was one of my students in Syria. Yeah. And he's now getting a doctorate in, in uh, uh, environmental science in North Carolina. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah. his his story went from um, from Syria, war-torn country, and he ended up at Baylor studying under he was uh, at, he was at music and science mm-hmm. at Baylor. He, he got his piano pedagogy degree with me, and his electives were lots of hard science courses, you know, organic chemistry, whatever it might be, that weren't typical of what required for music majors. Mm-hmm. And he went over to a retreat that the environmental science department had, and they said, well, you don't need a master's, you need a doctorate. And they just put him right into the doctoral program. That's great. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, graduated from Baylor in 2017 mm-hmm. after being in some really tough situations mm-hmm. in, in he Syria. W- he was one semester from having his undergraduate degree in Syria when that war started. So he had to literally start over when he, wow. he came here. So it took him about eight years to get his undergrad. You know, you mentioned the people. How, what, what do their stories, you know, you're around human suffering and at the very least great challenge. What, 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 what does that, what, what does it mean to be around situations like that and people trying to make, make the best go of it? What I remember the most difficult thing for me was coming back mm-hmm. because I had been made aware of, of, Maybe the the biases I had about the way people live in places like that or, uh, you know, I always thought of myself as being, you know, progressive-minded, open-minded in the sense that I, I wasn't unaware of things, but it's different when you see it. Mm-hmm. And so when I came back, you know, little things might have irritated me a little more. It's like, you just don't know what it's like for some folks, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh so it, it put me in a better place, I think, just to understand uh, just culturally uh, things people have to deal with in other places. And like I say, something as simple as needing those chairs was people that live there have challenges, of course, way beyond that. But you just can't always run down and fix it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some – I think you mentioned one telling us the, the story of the mouse and the piano. But uh-huh. what are the moments that are the most – Fun. One of the moments that I, I'd like to think that maybe the conflict <laughs> falls away at least for a little bit. Yeah, we, we didn't. I didn't really have to see a lot of the conflict. Now there was one. There was one instance that was that was a little nerve wracking in the sense that uh, we decided we were going to have a, a trip down to from northern Iraq into Kirkuk. This was, I think, my second tour. We had been we had been working in Dehuk, northern Iraq, and. So we took three days to go down to a Save the Children's Center in Kirkuk. Well, Kirkuk is Iraq, Iraq. It's, it was a little rougher. And John, the, the director, had had to go to Baghdad to deal with some, some issues that had to do with government relations with us and, uh, and it had asked our communications director to take us down there. And so three days we took, went with military escort and machine guns mounted on the back, not typical piano, piano teacher kind sure. of stuff. And uh, it was very, very hot, you know, 115, 120 degrees. And we take these these uh, escorts down there for three different days. Had to go different routes each day uh, so nobody could know, know we were going in and out. And get there, and, and the children were just fabulous. Just children are children, right? Mm-hmm. And on the last day we were coming back, uh, there was an explosion up the highway, 
in the distance. And of course, the military folks were scrambling. We suddenly were off road, you know, uh, very rough, you know, desert, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. And uh, we didn't know what had happened. We thought maybe there had been some sort of a terrorist attack or whatever that sort of thing. Those kind of moments, you know, you're, you're sitting there having these great interactions with children in a place like that. At the same time, there's this looming worry. Mm -hmm. And uh, it turned out to be that an oil tanker had run off the road and exploded. Oh, wow. But then the day after we left, uh, the police building next door to us was bombed in a coordinated attack, and it killed 41 of of the police, some of whom had been protecting us oh, wow. the day before. So when you say fun, it, it, it's, I look back on it, it's the most rewarding work I may have ever done. But I'm not sure when you say fun, the sure. fun is the connections that I still yeah. have, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's the part that I think I cherish the most. Mm -hmm. Visiting with Dr. Bradley Boland from the Baylor School of Music, um, you know, you know, you're not just going there to recruit students, but some of them have ended up at Baylor or other schools mm -hmm. in the United States. What? Mm -hmm. How do the relationships you build foster that? Well, uh, a perfect example would be a current student I actually have from Poland. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was in Syria, one of my piano students there, soon after I left, went to Poland to study. Now it happened that the war had started, so it was good he was away, but he had already planned to go to Europe and study. And so he ended up being very successful in Poland at the Academy of Music in Krakow. And he uh, got a job at a couple of the conservatories, and we had kept in touch, and I was invited to do some things. And he began working for an institute, uh, a music association in Vienna, and they started a big piano competition. So he had asked me to go over and be part of that festival that had this piano competition and do some master classes. And the young man that won that competition that summer uh, was from Poland, named Cesare Karwowski. Uh, I didn't meet him during that, that, that period, but, but one of the other judges that was there invited me to come back three months later and do some uh, master classes in, in Wusz, which is another city in Poland. And it just turned out to be the same school that Cesare Karwowski was in. Well, I ended up teaching him uh, for that period. And on the evening before I left, I had gone to dinner with him and one of the other administrators. And in our conversations, I just happened to say, you know, I don't know if I can get to the train station tomorrow. None of the signs are in English. And mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous about getting back and missing my connection in Warsaw. And, and Cesare said, well, I'll take you to the train station. So we get into the train station, and I'm just about to get on the train, and he very nervously asked me. He said, uh, Dr. Bowen, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. He said, if I came to the States, could I study with you? And I'm thinking, well, you know, who wouldn't want a student like that that mm -hmm. already won a nice competition? And he is currently at Baylor. That's great. In fact, he just won the National Music Teacher Association piano competition that's fantastic. And this all came about. Recently. This is all connecting the dots, right? This all came about because of Syria in 2010 and then going to Poland a few times and, mm -hmm. and all these connections that we make. That's great. So. That's great. Well, it's great to have, have him here uh, and mm -hmm. doing some exciting, uh, exciting things. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to be proud to see him winning the competition as, as well. 
I want to ask you now, this isn't uh, this is someone who's not a Baylor student, but someone uh, you work with, uh, mm-hmm. Myron Maletsky. Am I saying that right? Uh-huh. Myron Maletsky. Or Myron. Yeah, who is he? Who is, who is he? He I actually met him in Vienna uh, about three years ago and was doing some master classes there. And he's from Ukraine and lived his, him and his family live in Odessa. Mm-hmm. And of course, we kept in touch because uh, he was a very talented, very talented young man. And uh, when the war started in Ukraine, I was particularly concerned and had been in contact with his mother. And uh, she was sort of holding the family together in in a difficult time. With his three sons, and uh, we were talking about how he could no longer go out of his home to go to piano lessons because they were preparing for invasion in the city, and everything was being barricaded and whatnot. And I said, well, maybe I can help him out. We could do some online lessons via Zoom. We certainly have practice doing that, right, with yes. the COVID and everything. And uh, it'd be a nice distraction for him. And so, sure enough, we had we had some lessons. In fact, I'm meeting with him again tomorrow. And uh, I beg and plead with him to leave mm-hmm. at the end of each lesson. And they finally did. They went to Hanover, Germany, where they are now. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a very talented young man. He's 11 now. Wow. And, and I would love to have him visit us for our summer institute next summer be great so So they're in germany and doing well the family is they seem to be doing better now yes yeah Mm -hmm. of course you know you think about the upheaval that kind of change you can only imagine what that would be what Mm -hmm. that would be like but we're glad that they're uh that we're safe Mm -hmm. that they're safe excuse me as we visit with dr bradley bolin and dr bolin we're heading into the final uh final couple of moments of the program uh here and i'm just Curious, you've painted a great picture of the work you've been able to do. What what is it meant to you to uh, to be able to use your discipline for you and your colleagues to 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 really try to harness that ability of music to connect people and to serve in some really distinct situations? Well, like I said, I grew up in a family where the father was a, a professor, and I just value, always valued teaching. I've always sort of had the philosophy: people are people, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, Finding societies where people are particularly hungry for information or for, or for education has been uh, very valuable to me personally. It's been very motivating for me. Never take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know you've got a quieter summer on that front, but we'll look forward to hearing what travels are in store for you to head and you. Uh, continue to look forward to the uh, the fruits of the work that you are, you're doing with American Voices. Thanks so much for taking the time to share that with us Absolutely. today. Thank you. Dr. Bradley Boland, Senior Lecturer in Piano in the Baylor University School of Music, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online at baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections.